Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. We continue in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 17. Jesus or bust. I wanted to use an illustration today of a balloon. This is you. (laughs) Now, as a Christian, you need to empty yourself out. Be a vessel. The way you empty yourself out is through confession of sin, humbling yourself, submitting to the Holy Spirit, and we want less of you and more of him, John the Baptist. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is like the wind. And he will move in your life. He can be soft and gentle. He could be powerful and sovereign. And as we see our great apostles and the church, they are becoming, they are being filled with the Holy Spirit. More of him and less of me. They are becoming filled to overflowing. They are so full that they're ready to burst. And it is Jesus or bust or pop like a balloon, if you will. When Jesus has filled you, when you truly have experienced the filling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it just oozes out of you. It pours out of you. You can't Hold it back. (laughs) And you get so full that you just kind of like explode for Christ and you let it all out. And this is what we see happening with the apostles. They are so full of Jesus, so full of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's so much of Jesus that they have to let it out and they cannot stop. They will not stop. They will not hold back, no matter what. Hopefully, we want that. We want to be like Christ. We want to be like his disciples and be full of his spirit and share the good news. Now, the bad news is when you share Christ, when you speak his name, when you preach, teach, and heal, and and you encourage someone and you feed them in the name of Christ, beware for opposition. And you must resist the opposition and come against human power. And that's where we're at. Acts chapter 5, verse 17. But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, realized the Supreme Court of Israel, the Sanhedrin, has two parties, Sadducees and Pharisees. I think the Sadducees are dominating. The high priest is a Sadducee. They are the more liberal party. They do not believe in miracles and angels and the supernatural and resurrection And they're having a great problem with the resurrected Christ and the miracles of the church. They were filled with jealousy that the priesthood, that the clergy would come against the new church, 
of Jesus Christ. Verse 18, they laid hands on the apostles and put them in a public jail. Ironic, bizarre, that the leaders of the first church would be jailbirds, would have a criminal record, that they would be incarcerated by Judaism. Verse 19, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison and taking them out, he said, go, stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life, capital L. And of course, Jesus is, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I am the life. Jesus is our life. He's a lifestyle, a different way of living and thinking, a whole new life. Jesus said, born again. You must be born again. I have left the old life, right? And I've become born again, a new life, a new way, a new path, a whole new life. So heaven has overrun earth. God has overrun the laws of men. The powerful Supreme Court of the Jews, the Sanhedrin, has arrested our leaders. They think they have the political and the religious power. But can I tell you, God is on the throne. God runs the show, and God can overrun any human and any law. And even though they've been incarcerated by the government and by the law, heaven has sent an angel to break them free, a jailbreak, right? Breaking into the prison cells and setting our leaders free. And the angel brings message from heaven. Keep going. Go back. Go back to the temple. Keep the church growing. This is the meeting place of the church, is the temple courtyards, because the church is a mega church of over 10,000 or more. I don't know how big it is. It's like every day, hundreds more keep joining the church as the Spirit has drawn them. So go back, take your stand, keep speaking, tell them about Jesus. This is heaven's communication with our great leaders. Verse 21, upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and began to teach. As soon as the sun came up, they're back teaching Jesus again, preaching Jesus, healing through the name of Jesus. Now, when the high priest and his associates came, they called the council together, or the Sanhedrin, even all the senate of the sons of Israel, and sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who came did not find them in the prison. They returned and reported back, saying, We found the prison house locked quite securely and the guards standing at the doors. But when we had opened up, we found no one inside. It's the craziest thing. All the locks are on the cells. All the guards are at their station. It was tight. No one can go in or out. But when we came into their very cells, it was empty, like the hand of God, like an angel. A divine angel has broken their bonds and set them free. 
God has spoken. It is a supernatural jailbreak. Verse 24. Now when the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests heard these things, they were greatly perplexed about them as to what would come of this. But someone came and reported to them, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And you know in what name they're teaching? Jesus. But it has become against the law. The Sanhedrin has forbid anyone to speak the name Jesus, to teach and preach, but they do it anyway. And we call this civil disobedience when you break human governmental laws because the laws of God are higher. Yes? We obey God above men. 26. Then the captain went along with the officers and proceeded to bring them back without violence, for they were afraid of the people that they might be stoned. Well, get them back here. Arrest them again. The nerve of them, they get free, and they go back to preaching and breaking our law again. But bring them back carefully. Don't incite the masses, the thousands of people that turn on you and stone you because the people love them. They're becoming believers. The church is exploding. Verse 27. When they had brought them, they stood them before the council, the Sanhedrin, which would be 70 plus the high priest, 71. They would form a semicircle, and behind them would be their, uh, their helpers, their scribes, their disciples. Our little disciples are outnumbered. <laughs> you know, 12 against a couple hundred, and they're put in the very center, and they're cross-examined and ridiculed and intimidated. The high priest questioned them, saying, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, the name that shall not be named. And yet, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. His name is everywhere. His teachings, his miracles, his Holy Spirit has filled the capital city. We're trying to squelch this, to stomp it out, to silence the name that shall not be spoken. Jesus. I'm so excited about the radio station because we will fill the city with the name of Jesus <laughs> through preaching and teaching and worship and contemporary music. We will fill Reno and Sparks, the basin, over 250,000 people will have the opportunity to hear Jesus. The other Calvaries have already warned me, and I'm telling you, be prepared. Because some people will get upset when they hear a Christian radio station, when they hear preaching and teaching, when they hear the name of Jesus, and they said, be prepared because lots of people are going to get saved, lots of people are going to come to church, but be prepared for the opposition. People will be incensed. They will try to close the station. They will do crazy things. 
as they've done to the other Calvary chapels that are getting the name of Jesus out. It is the opposition of men. The Sanhedrin, they're so upset, the high priest, you're spreading Jesus and you're trying to put his blood on our hands. I remember Mel Gibson when he made the movie The Passion of the Christ. Jewish leaders previewed the movie and they were so upset and they said, take out that line you have in the movie. It's in Hebrew where the people are jeering and and yelling and they're saying, crucify, crucify him. And, of course, Pilate washes his hands. You know, I wash my hands of this man's blood. And the people scream out in the Holy Scriptures, his blood be upon us and our children. And the Jews were so upset to hear this verse, which is uh, Matthew twenty-seven twenty-five: his blood be upon us and our children. And they said, take that line out. And Mel Gibson, who's born-again Catholic, said, I can't take it out. It's in the Bible. His blood be upon us. And the Jews were so incensed. And he said to them, you know, Jesus' blood is on all of us. We're the reason he died. We're all responsible because he died for the sins of the whole world. And I thought, good answer. (laughs) Keep the scripture in. He died for us all. Religious opposition. Be prepared. Other religions like Judaism, cults, will attack the name of Jesus. Sometimes it'll even be people from your own church. Don't be saying Jesus. Why are you into this Jesus thing? Don't say Jesus in this home. Be prepared for opposition. Take your stand for Christ Stay the course for Jesus. Stand for him. Verse 29. Peter's going to take the stand, right? He's our great leader, the leader of the apostles, and here he stands. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. What will you do when your family member says, you need to leave Jesus. I don't want to hear Jesus anymore. Get rid of that Bible. What will you do when men or people in authority say, get rid of this Jesus thing. Don't wear that cross. You're, you're a fanatic. You're a Jesus freak. He, it's either me or him. What will you do? You see what the apostle says? We must Obey God rather than men. Jesus comes first. God is above people. God set up all the laws. He should be the top priority of all laws, even the laws of men. Verse 30. The God of our fathers, the God of the Jews, raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. You see, you killed him, but God raised him. That's a recurring motif, a genre, a theme. You killed him, God raised him. You can't keep him down. You can't keep him in the tomb. He's alive. He's appeared to over 500 witnesses. You can't put him back in the box. 
the good news is out. 31. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. You killed him. God raised him. He ascended to heaven, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. God has enthroned him. Jesus is divine. He's part of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is God. Jesus is God. The Spirit is God. Three in one, the Godhead. He sits on the throne. He's in charge. He runs the show. And he is the prince. Is Jesus your prince of peace? He is savior. Is he the savior of your soul? Have you repented? Have you confessed to Christ? Have you invited him into your heart? And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, when you become a Christian, you are a witness. You got to tell them. <laughs> You're a witness, and the Holy Spirit is a witness. Do you know that is the job of the Holy Spirit, to point the way to Jesus, to draw people to Jesus, to anoint the word, to anoint the church, to be with the Christians, to empower them, to inspire them, to help them be witnesses. We're working together with the Holy Spirit. We're a team. He's our helper. You might be saying, well, I don't know how to witness. I'm a baby Christian. How do I witness to my family, to my grandkids, to my co-workers? You ask the Holy Spirit. You pray. Holy Spirit, show me what to say. What, how should I approach this person? Holy Spirit, I'm praying for an open door. Now, you don't have to take special classes. You don't have to go to seminary and get a degree. All you need is the Holy Spirit. And you say, I'm open today. Make a way. Give me the words to say. It's his job to help you to be a witness of Christ. We had a little girl in the church. Oh, like four, five. And when we'd go out to eat, every time I was with her, you know what she'd draw on? napkins and give them to the waitresses, crosses, little stick people with crosses. And she would witness to the uh, waitress and she'd say, do you know what this is? This is a cross. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus loves you. He paid for your sins. And that was like her whole spiel. <laughs> and everywhere we'd go, she'd draw her little crosses. Hey, I drew this for you. And, you know, people say, oh, little girl, what is that? You know, it's a cross. Jesus died on the cross for you. And I'd see these people's faces and the conviction and the Holy Spirit and working on them. And she's just a little girl. All she needed was the Holy Spirit. He can enable you to be a powerful witness. Beware of counterfeit religions. Verse 33. But when they heard this, they were cut to the quick and intended to kill them. How dare you? Don't you know who we are? We are the Supreme Court of Israel. We will destroy you. How dare you stand up to us? 
And see, Peter, he's not scared anymore. He's not running anymore. He's not cussing and denying like he did before. He's standing up to the high priest himself, and he's preaching to him and telling him the way it is. But this is a dangerous thing. Verse 34. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people, stood up in the council and gave orders to put the men outside for a short time. Let's have a private meeting. Let's send the apostles away. Let me counsel the council. I'm old, I'm wise. Let me tell you what we should do. 35. And he said to the men of Israel, take care what you purpose to do with these men. For some time ago, Thedas rose up claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men joined up with him. But he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. First case study. (laughs) Second example, 37. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away some people after him. He too perished, and all those who followed him were scattered. So, in the present case, I say to you, stay away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. These men are of God. These apostles are of the Messiah, Jesus. And if you fight them, you are fighting God. If someone goes against your witness and your gift and what the Holy Spirit is telling you, they are fighting against God. God is on our side. We are on his side. We are his church, his family. Uh, Gamaliel, he's not a Christian. He's not a believer. He doesn't have the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's a secular mind. He's giving human wisdom, and he's being simplistic. And he's saying if something's of God, it will succeed. If something's of men, it will fail. But can I tell you, in hindsight, I have seen world religions that have exploded. I have seen cults that have been led by false prophets, and they have won over millions. Some of their leaders have even been martyred like these, and then their movement gets even stronger. Just because something is big doesn't mean it's right. I could point out huge religions, huge cults, and they have followings of millions for centuries but that doesn't make it right. Didn't Jesus say, broad is the way to destruction, and many are those who take it, but narrow is the way that leads to life, and few are those that find it. Just because it's big doesn't mean it's true. Verse 40. They took his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them, they beat them, they whipped them, and made them bleed. 
and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then release them. Let us remind you with pain, with horrible consequence, we're going to punish you and we forbid you again. It is the law. Do not speak that name. Do not preach and teach that name, Jesus. Just say God. Just, just say, you know, the higher power. Just say, you know, intelligent design, you know, the cosmic force out there. But don't say the name Jesus. But there is no other name that can save us. Remember a couple chapters before, there is only one name given by heaven where we can be saved. That is the name Jesus. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.